Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. As always, please be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us wherever you are listening. You can leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Today, we are joined by Ivy and Sophie of country music duo Walker County. Now, they started young. They started their career when they were 9 and 12 after a family trip to Nashville where they did some busking on the side of the street and realized that, well, they loved it. That's what they wanted to do. And so they began a band. They performed around their hometown of Sulphur Springs, Indiana, playing festivals and birthdays, really anything they could to get on stage. Now, in 2014, they signed with Warner Music Nashville and moved full-time to Music City. Since then, they have been building their career and it's really been flourishing over 2020 and 2021. So please enjoy our conversation with Ivy and Sophie of Walker County. You've basically been to every state now though, right? You've toured oh. through just about every state? Yeah, it's pretty much. Close. I think there's just a handful that we haven't hit. Um, we've got to start putting like pins. I was going to say Hawaii been. is the first one I'm going to get. We haven't been there yet. Yeah. But um, no, I think like Montana, we haven't been to. But, but we've been very few, yeah. very few. And I know New York City was a big one for you. Why? Talk about why that was so big. Why that was so special going to New York City. So as a little kid and today I have been a fan of musicals, Broadway, like I'm obsessed and just like with the vibe of that city, it's so, it's so artsy, you know, you, you know, you dream of New York as this like sparkly glamorous place. And we got to go in 19 for 2019 for the very first time when we were on the CMT tour with Michael Ray and it, it lived up to its expectations. It was, yes, we loved it. And we didn't get to see a Broadway play, but we got to walk down where, you know, the, you know, Times Square and everything. Though, like, so we incredible. love watching the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. So we got to see the Macy's or that is, and um, we were like living the living the New York dream. We got to see awesome. the Rockefeller tree, which was awesome. Um, next time we go back though, we're going to see a play for sure. <laughs> well, Ivy, I was going to ask you because I did see that you're really into musicals. And so I was wondering if there's a dream of ever being part of a big musical and doing more stage performing. Absolutely. I get chills even thinking about it. No. <laughs> I love, um, I always said I wanted to pull like a Reba where she, you know, she did like the crossover and like Jennifer performed Nettles. on Broadway. Jennifer Nettles did as well for Sugarland. So it's like, it would be a dream come true to get to do like a crossover, a country artist star on Broadway. And Ivy could definitely do it. She, I hear her <laughs> singing all the soundtracks. I'm like, dang, you should be like a lead in something. So she could definitely do it. <laughs> That is amazing. And one of the more recent shows that you had in September was at the Middleton Fall Fun Fest. Yes. Oh, yes. Now yes. that's like 15 minutes away from your hometown. It was. Yeah. yeah. Middletown is actually where we went to school. Our, Our high, high school was in Middletown. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we know everybody in that town, basically. Like, our, my grandma lived in Middletown forever. Yeah. And um, it was just so nice. We had a great turnout. We had all our friends and family come out and 
It was just so much fun. They sang the words to all our songs. Oh, yeah. It was one of the best shows in a while, and it was just a blast. It's cool because, you know, our hometown, were, they were such big supporters. Since Sophie and I started playing music when Sophie was nine and I was 12, they were the ones who hired us for festivals, fairs, birthday parties, mm-hmm. weddings. I mean, they were they are definitely a big part of our story. Mm-hmm. So to come back home and do, get to do that every year, really close to where we grew up, is, like, super special. Yeah, that's got to be so cool because a lot of the times if people are from small towns, they have to go like an hour or two away to actually play a show because that's the next city. And so being so close, that must be pretty cool. It It was, was it was. And we're hoping to do it like it's like an annual thing. We're hoping to come back next year too. (laughs) Yeah, we're like in town. (laughs) I was wondering if you're ever going to get to a point where you can put on a festival in your hometown on like the Walker land. See, oh, you, see, we've already dreamed you read all our this minds. up. We are, we, we've dreamed this up. So um, the Walker family farm, it's about 100 acres and, and our family still farms it. We've got, we've got a bunch There's of space, plenty of space. and yeah. our cousin, Johnny Walker, he's ready to do it too. Like dad's called him up and he's like, Hey, what about like a Walker County fest? And he's like, tell me when <laughs> I'll start planning. The family is on board for sure. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about this family because family is a big deal for you, I know. And so I want to ask about some specific family members and how they have influenced your journey. Your late grandpa Joe and your grandma Jill, what meaning did they have on your journey up to now? They were so supportive. They were dream grandparents. And I know like most people's grandparents are like this. Um, We just had a different circumstance. You know, as children, we were playing shows, but they were always in the front row. They had their t-shirts on. They went to all the concerts. One time uh, it was like in the middle of summer, my grandpa had a heart attack at, at the our show. show. Really? Did not tell anybody. Yes. He didn't tell anyone. He sat there and watched the entire show and, and then he, went home and he was like, I think something's like, wrong. I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank the Lord. Okay. He's but right, literally, yes. like they were ride or die supporters. He, watched I mean, the, he yeah. was there till the end of the show and yeah. that's how they were. And my grandma um, has ALS now and can't get out, but she was able to come to the Middletown yes. Fall Fun Fest and sit there with all her friends and family and watch the show. And that was so special. Was special I was so moment. glad that she was able to be there. Wow. And another family member who you lost recently was your uncle Bobby. He was in the video for the Hamptons. Uh, what did he mean for you? You know, um, our, the Walker family is so close and we were very blessed to have a family like that. And he was our great uncle and he was, you know, him and my aunt Judy, Mm -hmm. they, you know, were married for a long time and they just love their nieces and grandchildren. We actually would call them grandma and grandpa Walker, uh, because they were just grandpa Bobby and grandma Judy. Cause they were just, they were like grandparents to us, you know, would put a happy birthday in the newspaper to us every Every year. year. And, um, they were, um, we're very blessed with the family we have. That's why we go back home so often. Mm-hmm. We live in Nashville now, but we're in Indiana almost a once a time, month. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting to see those those people because they they mean so much. Mm-hmm. And um and when Uncle Bobby passed, we got to sing at his you know funeral, mm-hmm. and that was a very special moment for us um, to get to sing and comfort the family in that way. Wow, that's awesome. And you mentioned starting music when you were nine and 12. And so 
having that big of a family before you hit nine and 12, when you were growing up, what did music mean within the family? Was everyone musical? Was music always on within the family? Our family is big country music fans. So oh, yeah. they definitely love country music. My dad is the one who really yeah. like nurtured the country music thing. Um, he just listened to music all the time Constantly and it was loud <laughs> and we were rocking out all the time. Um, we listened to Dwight Yoakam, mm -hmm. Willie Nelson. We listened to, oh my gosh, anything Amy and Harris, everything. John Prine, yeah. you know, Leonard Skinner. So nothing was off limits either. Um, but and dad started playing the guitar when we were really mm -hmm. little. And so, and he always like, once he saw Sophie and I had the slightest interest in singing, I mean, it was, it was over. He was like, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, so I, you know, I sang all growing up in church and, you know, at talent I shows, just loved to sing, I just yeah. loved it. And, um, right around 2007. So when we were nine and 12, um, we went on a family vacation to Nashville and dad was like, Hey, let's street perform just to say we did it. And so Sophie and I were like, okay. And, uh, we opened the guitar case and sang maybe like four songs. It wasn't yeah. very, and then we got in a fight. We got in a fight. <laughs> like sisters too. Sophie kicked me, but that's okay. And, um, <laughs> dad closed the guitar case. He's like, okay, it's, you know, we're done. So we ended up going back home and he was like, you guys made like 10 bucks. And, and he was like, what if we learn an hour's worth of music, go back down to Nashville and whatever we make, you girls can split. And so we were like hooked. We're like, yeah, we get to go shopping. <laughs> uh, so we did that the next month and made like $200. And that so was we like, were rich. Yeah, you know? we were, yeah. <laughs> we we were, had to buy all the shoes and clothes and stuff. I think down. you <laughs> bought like a Build-A-Bear or a Webkins <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So but, we, um, we loved it. And then dad was like, you yeah. know, we could do this back home. Um, if, you know, we get a little set together and we started playing churches and festivals and birthday parties, just like we said um, all our hometown people, uh, booked for us. So, um, and we just never stopped. We never stopped. We never yeah. had a, uh, weekend off, you know, we were constantly playing and it was just, uh, it was just God's plan. And it just all worked out. Yeah. Right. And now Sophie, for you, I saw a picture on your Instagram. It was, you must've been like three, maybe. <laughs> and you and Ivy were doing a bedroom performance. It looked like, and you had yeah. a xylophone and a little, toy it wasn't a shaker but it, it made a sound like a shaker I think and so yeah. and in that first performance in Nashville that you talk about busking I believe you had a tambourine and so yeah. were you always interested in the percussion part of music growing up I really did. I just was, I just gravitated towards it. Um, I, when we first started, I started playing mandolin and it was like a bluegrass little guitar thing pretty much, but it's very progressive for yeah. it keeps the rhythm of the song. So I always had that. Um, and then one day we were starting to get, um, more like wedding gigs and things like that. And people weren't wanting to dance to bluegrass music. So dad was like, let's take it up a notch. Yeah. He bought me a drum kit, sparkly drum kit. And he was like, you want to be the drummer? And I just thought that was so cool uh, for a young, like a little girl to be playing drums. I thought it was going to be neat. So um, I was so excited to do that. And yeah, that's where I, you know, and it was the perfect place for me because I don't love to be right up front and center and I'm not, the vocalist ideas. So that's perfect for me to be behind the drum, seeing backup. I just love it. And was it pretty natural for you when you started banging away? 
Yeah, no, I definitely, well, looking back now, I'm like, it definitely wasn't actual. <laughs> I don't learn a lot. I don't learn a lot. But um, yeah, I just, you know what? My dad just let me learn and uh, make mistakes, which was wonderful because it really it made me develop my own sound. You took a couple lessons from the drummer at our church yeah. and, mm-hmm. and then really you were self-taught after that, which, yeah. yeah, you just kind of like took a few basic lessons and then, and then we just started playing and it was trial and error a little bit. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. No old home videos. Where I'm like, I'm going so fast. Like I need to slow down. <laughs> it's hilarious, but I'm glad we have those videos. That's fun to look back on. <laughs> that is awesome. And you keep talking about your dad and the influence he had on you, but when you look at it now, he is still your guitarist, but yeah. I think that people could maybe get the impression that he pushed you into it. You know, he was a guitarist and he wanted to have a band. He wanted his kids to be in a band, but it really feels like that is not the case. He is not out here to say, look at me. I'm in this band with my daughters. It really no. is all about you and him supporting you. It, you know, yes. um, we always say this because, you know, people will be like, you know, they'll, we'll, we'll actually joke with them and be like, dad. okay, Joe Jackson from the Jackson <laughs> five, you know, like, but, um, he, he literally, he always says my, when I saw the girl sing for the first time, he said, it clicked in my head that the reason I was playing music was not for me. It was for my girls. Like it just immediately clicked. And he was like, because right there, what he saw was what he he had been you know searching for and dreaming of and so um he is so supportive and he always says he's like he's like the coolest thing about playing guitar for your girls is like I get to he he always tells other parents he's like when you get to see your kids hit a home run every game he's Mm -hmm. like I get to stand up there on stage and see my girls hit a home run every show Mm -hmm. like that's my like he's like that's what I love I just get to stand back and watch it happen and so he's so supportive in that sense. And um, yeah, no, everything he does is just with our best interest in yeah. mind. He, you know, he knew we had a talent and I know it was sent from God and he just nurtured that. And he made sure that we knew the importance of, you know, what we could do with our music and the, uh, you know, the impact we could make on um, younger girls and little boys, you know, like that are listening and looking up to us. So he definitely, um, it was definitely not, like he you would say, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was all for the greater good. No, yeah. he's, he's the best. And what about your mom? She's more the behind the scenes supporter, but I know on social media, you talk about the sacrifices that she has made so you can follow this dream. So what has she meant? Yeah, she had a 25 year long business. beauty shop yeah. business in our hometown. And I mean, she had all the clients she had, she was making good money with it, you know, and she gave it all up to move to Nashville with us. And she was like, you girls, she was like, I know it's going to work. And she's like, we're going to make it work. So yeah. they, they literally gave up their whole lives back home to help us. Cause we were so young when we first moved. Mm-hmm. Sophie was only 15 when we first moved to Nashville. So, I mean, we, we had to have our parents come with us and they were just 100% we'll give up what we need to, to come and make this work, which was so cool. And mom still does our hair she's still our beautician she on the road merch yeah. too. she'll sell merch for us and if you come to a show I always say go say hi to mama walker county she's back there selling merch because she uh and she loves to talk to everybody she's <laughs> she's a talker so she'll 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 become your best friend I think we get that from her <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. And so what year was it that you actually moved to Nashville? Was it around 2012 ish? Uh, 14, right? Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Was it 2014? But yeah, yeah, 2014. Okay. So almost- how did it all work with signing with Warner then? Because that happened in 2014 as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we were actually in our hometown mm-hmm. and we had made an EP with a guy in Indy and he gave it to a, a guy here in Nashville yeah. to mix. And the guy here in Nashville was actually on the Grammy board at the time. And he was like, Hey, can I hand this out to a few people? And we were like, yes, yeah, like definitely yeah. please. So, um, he gave it to, um, some folks over at Warner and they called my dad while he was on the job in Indiana, yeah. uh, driving around and they were like, we'd love to meet with the girls. And was like, I'm bringing them in, you know? Um, so we came in, we made a trip here, um, and got to play for the label Adam. and they called us two hours later and offered us a full deal and full writing deal. So as like, uh, you, we were 15, right? You were 15 at, at the, the time. time I was that, 15, okay. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, 15, I was like 18. And so it was kind of like this whirlwind. It all just happened. I had just graduated high school. Like, and I was like, yeah, music is what I want to do. And then here it was right in front of us, the deal and, and the publishing deal. So we, you know, we had a meeting the next day and they're like, you'll move to Nashville. You'll start writing. And really for this first, like four years we lived here, we just wrote like crazy. I think like the first year we wrote 150 songs. Yeah, like it was, it was a lot. Crazy. <laughs> But really, I mean, and then these past like four, three years have been really focused on us and the record and, and what we wanted to do. But um, yeah, we definitely like grew up here in town. It was yeah. crazy. And so what was that like when 2014 hit and you sign a record deal? Like being so young, did you understand what that meant? Like realistically? I- but I don't think yeah yeah. no it was a lot different than probably what we had in our minds at the time but I I think we thought it would happen like that like we'd put a record out and you know put music out immediately don't you think yeah Yeah. no and that's just like honestly it wasn't realistic just because you know we had to come here and grow up a little bit and really young yeah get some good stuff first but um yeah I think that it was just it was kind of like just they threw us in um, to the whole writing world, which was new to us. Like we had written back home, but we didn't really know how a song was actually written, you yeah. know? So oh, yeah. it was really cool. I remember the first like song, right. Or the right we had, you know, we used to write using this basket of lyrics that we had and we would bring in this basket and, and we would just like start pulling things and thinking of ideas and then writing them down in a notebook. And then we walk in and everybody's got laptops and like these big like, things. And we were like, okay, <laughs> Maybe this is not how you write. Oh, cool. Um, so it was really funny though. And, you know, we were writing songs about drinking a beer and we'd never drank a beer in our lives. Right. You know? Yeah. So it was a lot of like growing oh, yeah. up and, um, um, but it was cool because while we were still, while we were still writing and still young, we got to tour with like these amazing artists like Loretta Lynn and Willie Nelson and Dwight Yoakam. So we were still on the road playing while we were like learning and creating here in Nashville. So yeah. it was, a, it was a cool time. And do you think that because you went when you were young, maybe that helped getting thrown into the deep end and maybe being a bit naive rather than being older and having these insecurities built in and maybe not trusting yourself as much to kind of be thrown into the deep end like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, it's been seven years, but we're still young and we still have time, you know, to figure things out. So I definitely think it was 
um, to an advantage that we were younger, um, getting thrown in here also. And we look just, back now and we go like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that in the right with so-and-so oh, like, yeah, but like, we were so young. We've like, grown up so much. Yeah. It, I think it's been great. It's been wonderful for us. And I'm, I'm very blessed. We have had this opportunity at all. And now we feel very confident when we go into a room and we go into a writing room because we, we feel like, I mean, we're still, of course, learning, but we feel very um, confident in what we're writing now and the life we have lived. We have a lot more experience and a lot of the songs that are newer that we're excited to put out into the world are coming from the heart. They're a lot more heart, you know, felt. and We're excited to share those with everybody. And you talk about those first few years of basically just writing and hitting the road a bit. But from the outside looking in, for me, when I'm looking at your journey, it feels like 2019 was really the start of your journey as artists. That feels like that's the start of this chapter, and especially when the Hamptons came out. And so, yeah, does, that, does it feel like that for you as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I think once we got a song out, um, we were really excited about to put on Spotify and like really see what it did playlisting and streaming wise. We were so excited to see that. And a lot of people, um, we, it was on CMT, you know, it got us on, um, the CMT next woman of country 2020. So it was really exciting. I think that you're right. That was definitely the start of this, uh, chapter for sure. Oh yeah. And touring with Michael Ray and Jimmy Allen in 2019 on the CMT tour, what was that like? Like you say, you had toured before with some big names, but going on a tour like that, was that sort of your first experience with being on a, like a, a long tour as an artist? I mean, it was like, you know, beforehand we would go somewhere and they'd be like, oh, we didn't even know that they were having an opening yeah, act. Well, and like then, one-off. Yeah. So like they didn't have our name on the flyer or the billboard. But so. like our name was on the bus this go around. Like we they were knew on we were the coming. flyer. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was so awesome. And they, they were such a good group to have our first like real tour experience with because Both Michael is like the sweetest guy ever. And so mm-hmm. is Jimmy and yeah. all their crew just were like, so nice. they took really well, really good care of us. Oh, like yeah. they would come up to us I, oh, before almost every show and be like, what do you girls need? Do you need anything? Like, is there anything we can do? And so, um, we felt very well taken care of. And yeah. it's the same with now that we're on tour with old dominion, they're like the same, like the group is so helpful to Sophie and I and um just a really good group of people yeah and what was it like getting on stages like that coming from sort of back home doing churches and birthday parties and whatever shows you could get to all of a sudden playing with these country greats and the up-and-comers and playing these bigger shows did you have to sort of learn how to perform on stage differently yeah, it's definitely different than playing for 12 people at a gravel pit <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But um, no, everybody's like, that's the great thing about country music fans is they love new music mm-hmm. and they um, they come to the shows. They are excited to learn um, who you are, your songs. Yes. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was so exciting. And every moment was like, you know, kind of have to pinch yourself. Like, is this real? Like, we're really doing this. <laughs> It's just so awesome. And we never want to take it for granted. I just, it's so much fun. We love live. (laughs) (laughs) And that CMT tour that ended right at the end of 2019 and then 2020 hit. So how important was that tour in just giving you the confidence that you were moving in the right direction, even though the world was shutting down? 
Yeah, you know, just finishing that tour and then we had the that group of songs that we were getting ready to put out. It kept us sane through the pandemic for sure. Like, oh, uh, we were like, okay, we've got music to put out. Like things are coming um, because I think, you know, if we hadn't had those songs, we would have been like, what is going on? Like, what, what are we doing with our lives? But luckily we still were able to do photo shoots and video shoots for these, these songs that were coming out and release Shovel and drag it out and um so those those songs were very important we got to we got to feel like we were still living life and still you know contributing to the world of country music in some way and how cool is it after all these years of being on warner to have that support that they're saying even though the world is shut down we still want to push you forward we still want to get your music out there yeah. We were so glad because we were afraid it was going to be another year before we could release the stuff we were so excited about. And they said, we're still going to do it. We're yeah. still going to push it just like if, if the world was open, um, you know. And because so that- honestly, streaming was still going really well. Mm-hmm. Like people were at the house, so they were just streaming constantly. Like the music was actually streaming really well. Um, so and I think they kind of were like, we don't know what will happen when we put it out, but we're going to push it like it like it's normal. So um, luckily <laughs> it went good. <laughs> and the songs, some you write, some you don't. Now, after those years of building up as writers within Nashville, how important is it for you to step back and not always push your own stuff and be looking at those outside cuts? Yeah. You know, you Nashville is so talented. It's full of so talented. the talented, talented writers, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. And so we just knew like getting to meet those writers and, and sit down in a room with them. We knew we weren't, you know, there's so much talent. You don't want to uh, miss out on it just to say, these are only my songs. Like I only want to cut my songs. We, we understand why it is important because those songs that we do write, they definitely do come from the heart, but there are some songs we've heard that we were like, that sounds like it's written for us. Like Ham- mm-hmm. the Hamptons, we, we didn't write, but we felt so connected to that song. We felt like we were like, man, this song tells our childhood story right here. And so um, we don't, we never want to take the other writers for granted because there's so much talent. Yeah. And Bits and Pieces is the song that was released this year, your first song to country radio. And so what was that experience like? Was it a different experience than the singles you released last year because it was going to radio and maybe it felt like more of a kickstart? Yeah, we definitely wanted to come out the gate with something fun yeah. and up tempo because that's how we are live. And I think that song is perfect for that. Um, There's definitely a lot more like pressure and like anxiety yeah. behind <laughs> it because we wanted it to work out well, you know. Um, But we just loved that song and it was when we were pitched as well. And um, we knew that like it was catchy, it was fun. I think it was what. Um, a lot of people like about country music so um, and hearing that being played on the radio is so cool like there was you were in the truck stop yeah I was somewhere in Idaho I think and I was I went I woke up I we had driven all night and I was like you know how you're kind of like walking a gas station she was like I was kind of like groggy I sat I'm just gonna be candid I was I was sitting down peeing and our intro of our song came on (laughs) I was like I was awake and I was like oh my god like on the toilet listening to my song she's like there's no way I can post this on social media but this is really cool so I hurried and got up I I was filming I I could not believe it and I walked out my bass player um he was traveling with us too and he looked at me and was like 
heck? Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, this is so weird. So it, it's, it's really cool to be like hearing those songs and, and the radio stations that are so supportive of the new artists and the new music to even just play our song. It's so crazy. And with a song like that, that was a demo that you heard. And I believe it was sung by a male when you heard yeah. the demo. And so when you're listening to songs like that, and even when you're writing, I mean, you have two voices that you have, and I imagine you both want to resonate with the song. And you okay. also have to be thinking about the harmonies that are going to be going into this. And so how does that all work, both with listening to a demo and writing? Yeah. Um, for a male song, it's funny because, um, when you hear a demo sang by a guy, um, it's, it's a little different because sometimes it is more difficult to sing that that one actually worked perfect and yeah. the harmonies were perfect. But when we're writing, Ivy and I, I feel like we're on such the same we like are. plane when it comes to stuff. And, um, if I know that Ivy can relate to this song with her whole heart, then I definitely will be able to yeah. as well, just because we're so close and we just, we understand each other, you know, which it's funny um, in a writing room, we spend too much time together. We finish yeah. each other's sentences and we finish each other's song lines. Cause there's, there's so many <laughs> times in a writing room where like, I'll just look at her and she'll know exactly what I'm thinking. Or, or if we like, don't like something, I'll give a look. And we'll she'll just be like, know, like, like no. we, it's, it's funny. Uh, we're very like intuitive with each other yeah. on that. But, um, but luckily we, we do have the same, like we both have the same style in music mm -hmm. and, and we both have the same, like, we know what we like. Yeah. And so, um, we don't really, you know, battle it out very often for a song. We're both usually on board or like, no, this isn't right. Um, there's been very few times where Sophie's been like, I really love it. And I, and I've not felt it or something like yeah. that, but that's like really rare. And now a song that you have, I believe it's unreleased is no, you could right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I wanted to ask you about the writing process of that. Cause I believe it was your first zoom, right? When all of this yeah. went down and Ivy, I heard that this was a song that you kind of went into the right and just kind of poured your heart out because you had just gone through a breakup. And so I wanted to ask about that and just how comfortable you have become in the writing room to be yeah. able to just pour out those emotions. Yeah, it is. It is funny how you go into a room with strangers and you just have to basically pour your heart out to them. But that's exactly how this song was like born. Um, we it was AJ Pruis and Thomas Fincham. Yeah. And we've since then, they're really good friends and we know them very well. But it was our first write with them and our first Zoom write. And we hopped on and literally the, the breakup was very fresh. It had just happened like the week before. And I just sat down and I just was like, this guy played me like he basically just dated me just to say he dated me like that was the whole like premise of this song and I was like he just basically wanted to say he broke my he was able to break my heart and um and so we just like I told him everything and I'm and sure I, they, I think you came in with the idea of yeah you could and I'm sure they're probably like this girl's insane but because I just was like <laughs> and then this happened and then this happened and um it got one of our very favorite, favorite songs, songs yeah. out of it and I can't believe it because zoom uh, zoom right are just different and it's not the same as being in the same uh, same room as everybody um but that one just works so perfectly yeah. and um and we write we, with we write with them all the time now but yeah um, and then we put a little snip of it snippet of it on tiktok and we got a really big response and um and we're hoping to put that song out because it's a very special same, song yeah. to us and um and a lot of people were saying they can relate to it so yeah. we're hoping to get that song out into the world 
That is awesome. And let's talk about the new single, Liar. Yes. It, it, it just came out at the beginning of October. Now, all of your music, there's a different vibe, it feels. Every wow. song has sort of its own vibe. And this one is a more soulful jam, it feels like. And so how important is it for you to have that eclectic mix and not just follow one path through your music? Yeah, I think that all comes down to the type of music we grew up on. Mm -hmm. my, like I said, my dad played anything and everything and we loved we always said if it was a good song, we liked we it. it. You know, it didn't yeah. matter what genre it was. So we definitely have tons of different inspirations like coming into our sound. Um, so we want to make sure like people know we can do a bunch of different stuff. And so Liar is definitely more soulful. Yeah. Ivy just has that nice soulful voice anyway, just naturally. So that was really fun to kind of share with everybody. Yeah. Um, and just when we play the live, it's so fun. We just kind of get to rock out and be sassy. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that song is so fun. And I, I honestly, it's one of my very it favorites and um, I hope it uh, resonates with a lot of people. And you talked uh, at the beginning, I believe, that you do have more music that you're excited about, emotional music that you've sort of poured yourself into. And so what is the plan moving forward? Is there a plan for an EP or an album that we can look forward to? We hope so very soon. I know, um, you know, we're sitting down and we're going back in and cutting more songs here very shortly. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we're we super excited we're about so it. We're so excited, Because yes. we've got that handful of songs that we've written over the past two years that we're like super excited to share with the world. And um, so we, we're gonna go back in and cut and, and put more music out and hopefully it leads to a full length album or EP. Um, I'm hoping sometime next year ish, uh, but I don't, yeah, I can't say for sure, but um, I'm hoping it'll be out sometime next year. And then, but I know we're releasing more songs very soon. So um, there's definitely Exciting. more to come from Walker <laughs> County. <laughs> that is awesome. And with your writing that you do for others, you had a cut that Blake Shelton took for his <laughs> movie in 2019. Now, what does that mean as songwriters? And is that still sort of a big portion of your day-to-day -day, aside from being an artist is being a songwriter yeah you yeah. know it's crazy because um a lot of the time like that song that Blake cut we in, we were writing for ourselves we go into the room and we write for our, ourselves as artists but sometimes it's like um like we we don't like with wallflowers and weeds, we just never found the right time to cut it or um, we really loved it, but it just never we ended knew up working out for us. It was us. a song we loved. So when they asked us for a kind of uplifting, like um, positive song about like, you know, your body image and everything. That um, immediately popped that into was our, us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we sent it over and the fact that he wanted to cut that, it was amazing. And we just could not believe it. It makes us um, feel like real songwriters. We're yeah, like, oh, okay, we're so actually we real this, songwriters. You know? um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we do write quite a bit, um, um, whether we're writing for ourselves or um, writing for somebody else. We do love to write um, with tour happening. It's slowed down a little yeah. bit recently, but um, once we're um, at the end of the year, usually things slow down. So we'll probably be writing a lot um, in the next few months. Yeah. Awesome. And what does the rest of the year hold? Is this old Dominion run sort of the last thing to wrap up the year and then, yeah, sort of take that break until the spring? Yeah, so we um, we have shows up until December with Old Dominion, which is great. I think our last show with them is in Florida in December, so that'll be fine. <laughs> That's not bad. 
No, yeah. right? Um, and that that whole experience has been amazing. It's really filled up our summer and fall. Um, and so we, you know, we're keeping very busy with that. We did have the Tanya Tucker shows, but they ended up getting moved, um, which we were bummed about because that was supposed to happen in November, but those got, you know, moved around. Um, but we're hoping that still something happens maybe next year with that because she's been somebody we've looked up to for years. Um, and then, uh, yeah, basically it winds down during Thanksgiving and Christmas this time but um i think we're going to be singing the national anthem at a colts game coming up which oh, is going to nice. be nice awesome. that might um, not be out yet but i know i'm like <laughs> maybe she didn't say but i'll say it uh, because we're indiana we're the colts i, you I know? cannot wait I know. i'm like telling my whole family like get tickets now i know so, so we're we've got some exciting things coming up and but the old dominion stuff is definitely what's winding down the year that is awesome and when you look back when you look back on when you started this at nine and 12 years old, and now you look to where you are today, do you sometimes have to remind yourself to enjoy it and look at what you're actually been able to do? <laughs> Definitely. You know, after you do it for so long, you know, there are some days where it feels like a job, which seems so silly to say, because it is honestly, it was, it's our dream come true. We say it a lot, but it yeah. is a dream, actual dream come true. Like it's so crazy. So we always try and just be thankful for where we're at, where yeah. we've gone. And I will say doing it as a family, um, our family keeps us very grounded mm -hmm. and, um, we're very close and, and get, and, starting out so young and starting out the way we did every victory, whether it seems small to other people, it's very big for us. Um, we celebrate it like it's, you know, we want a Grammy or something. So, um, we're always like, let's have a glass of champagne. We got to celebrate, you know, this happened, this happened, but uh, that's how we celebrate every small, um, victory for us. So that's, um, I think that's the way we live life is even whether it seems small to somebody else. Um, it's very big to us. Yeah. Yes. That is amazing. Well, congratulations on everything. And especially the last couple of years, the rise that you've been on and that you continue to hit. It's awesome to see and congratulations. And thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh. Thank thanks for, so having for having us. Having this was, great. was so fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you once again for listening and thank you to Ivy and Sophie for stopping by and sharing their story. Be sure to check out everything from Walker County, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us wherever you are listening. You can leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Mm -hmm.